Welcome to The Nord Show, a podcast about all things movies and games, where we get hot takes from said influencers and games uh, on those games and movies. I'm your host, Joe. You may know me on TikTok as Cinema Joe, and I'm joined today by SSG and Con. We'll be chatting about their experience creating content, Apex Legends and gaming, some of their favorite movies, and then uh, just talking about whatever we want to talk about. Uh, Incon, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Appreciate being here. I'm excited. You picked a, a movie I haven't seen in a very long time. You play a game that I've been trying to get good at, but I'm not good at yet. So I'm excited to pick your brain so maybe you can make me better. There's a lot that we're going to be discussing. But before we dive in the rest of the episode, make sure to follow the show on Spotify. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Drop a review, suggest a movie you want us to cover, and of course, subscribe to NordVPN on YouTube. All right, let's get to this. Incon, you are a gaming content creator. With a main focus in Apex Legends, let's start with some very simple questions. Why did you start creating content online? Uh, was it always Apex? Was it something else? When was it? What's the brief history of Incon? Yeah, so the brief history of Incon is I actually did not do content creation first. Uh, I would say that I'm most known for uh, Smite, which is a oh. MOBA, uh, and that is a game that I played professionally uh, before I ever got into any sort of content creation, and I was actually pushed by the studio over there, high-res studios, were trying to get their professional players to start making content for the game to help the game get more known, and so I was like, yeah, why not? I guess I can do that and help out. And as it turns out, it is a whole lot more fun than scrimming <laughs> till two in the morning. <laughs> now, I am somebody who has very little knowledge on MOBA, Smite, Dota, League of Legends. I played like the Dota tutorial and it was it was difficult, overwhelming. Um, Dota is extreme. It, it is extreme. So is Smite on that level of uh, LOL and Dota as well is in terms of the competitive level? Yeah, typically I would say that Dota is considered the most complex out of all of the MOBAs. Oh, interesting. Uh, with Smite probably being below it because Smite is a third-person MOBA. You actually do control from behind your characters, not top-down, like mm. League of Legends and Dota is. Uh, and then League of Legends, I would say, is usually considered the easier one to get into. Uh, it's also part of why it's so massive. <laughs> got it, got it. Okay, that makes sense. When the transition was made to Apex Legends, why did you make the transition and why Apex? Yeah, so uh, recently I've made basically a transition over to variety content. Mm. Uh, I have played Smite now for a full decade, uh, and I did that uh, straight. And so at some point, you just got to try other things, because I love all video games. I love all different types of movies, all different types of video games, and I just wanted to be able to explore different types of content. Uh, so I've started playing quite a bit of Apex Legends just because, one, it is really popping right now. Yeah, uh, it, is. it is one of the most popular games, I think the third most popular uh, on yeah. live stream right now on Twitch. And also, it is just a blast to play and a blast to watch. And when you see the pros play that game and how smooth they are, it just it makes you want to be half as good. Ugh, I'm not even a fraction as good as they are. Um, did you start with Apex? Because Battle Royale is obviously a very popular genre. Do you start at Apex or were you like a PUBG original and then moved to Fortnite then Apex or DayZ or anything like that? Yeah, I've played basically all of the Battle Royales. Uh, I love the genre. I actually 
The first one I ever played was a little-known uh, battle royale that basically came first. That was called the Culling, oh, uh, which I was the a very adult-rated yeah. kind of uh, very very Hunger Gamesy. We had like the announcer yeah. that was kind of making fun of people that were dying on the battlefield and being like, "Ooh, sucks to suck." <laughs> Uh, and I so it was an absolute this. blast and it ended up kind of petering out, but the genre just blew up uh, and I loved uh, Daisy, love Daisy. I never really got into Fortnite. That was the only one that I didn't really get into, um, which obviously missed a big boom there. That would have been a fun one to be a hold of, uh, but I've played pretty much all the others. Realm Royale, Apex Legends, everything that would come my way. I remember watching The Calling on Twitch when it first came out and thinking like, man, this type of game is the coolest. I didn't have a PC yeah. at that point, though. I could never really play it, but I loved watching people play it online. And I got into PUBG in its, like, its infancy and was terrible at that, but, you know, put so many hours into it. Like you, I also never really got into Fortnite. Uh, the building aspect was just too much for me. And, you know, it's one of those things where if you get in pretty late, it's, it's really hard to kind of keep up with everybody. Yeah, uh, once people are putting in their 16-hour days and they're like, well, I got four <laughs> hours. It's hard to catch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's one of those situations where I will, I'll see somebody, I'll take a shot, and then they have this big tower, and I'm just standing behind a tree. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Fortnite I never got into. But I, I have been playing Apex a lot lately. And like you said, it is just really well made, I feel like. Yeah. And I think that's why I like it so much. There's never a point where I'm experiencing any technical issues. It's just always so fluid, uh, which is great for me because I'm bad at it, but also bad for me because everybody else is really good at it. It can just <laughs> destroy me. Um, but you've built this really great community. And I'm, I'm curious to know what your favorite thing is about your community that you've built. Yeah, so uh, I call my communities the Twitchies. Uh, I have Tourette's, uh, and it's pretty obvious when you look at my camera for about 30 seconds. You're like, all right, he has got something going on with him. I sure do. I've got Tourette's, can't really hide it. Um, and so that was also an interesting aspect of just getting into streaming was being on camera all the time. And particularly at first, people, you know, just the only question they would ask is like, what's wrong with you, bro? <laughs> I would be like... <laughs> Fair question, fair question. Mm -hmm. Then you'd get into it. Um, but I think the community aspect of just having a place where anybody can just come out, have a good time, relax. I know that I'm not going to be a huge part of your day. I just want to be a place where you can come out, make some friends, play some other games with, have a couple of laughs. You're on your lunch break at work. You've got me on as a radio in the car, whatever. And then you go on about your day and hopefully you feel a little bit better afterwards. And that's really what our community is about. Amazing, amazing. That's just, honestly, to be honest, it's a very inspiring story. I think for a lot of people, streaming is, for people who want to start streaming, like someone, I, I've dabbled in it. I wouldn't say I even like really pursued it professionally or even intensely. But I think a, a big part that's hard for people to stream is that uh, nervousness to put yourself in front of a camera, in front of strangers. Did you find that uh, to be easy at first or was it you know, a hard transition for you to get used to? I actually think that it was not as hard as it could have been. Mm -hmm. um, part of that is that I would say that I am a introvert pretty through and through. And okay. so streaming was also a little selfishly a way for me to meet people in a more comfortable environment where Amazing. you've got the screen to kind of protect you a little bit. And so where some people would maybe get nervous about being on the camera, it was actually 
that layer of in-between zone where it wasn't actually in person. So it was easier for me to communicate with people. And it actually got me quite a bit, I would say, out of my uh, comfort zone. And now I'm much better actually in person as well. It's amazing. It's amazing. You mentioned you were a variety streamer. We talked about Apex a little bit. What else do you play that's not a shooter? Do you play anything that's uh, more, I don't know, like Elden Ring? Are you an Elden Ring guy? Or are you playing Yeah, so uh, I love RPGs. I actually never got into Elden Ring, which I feel like Mm -hmm. I missed something. Um, But I'm always looking forward uh, to other RPGs. I know you said no shooters, but I have played the Overwatch 2 beta because that just came out recently. So I was checking that out uh, as well. I just played a game called Splitgate, which is kind of like Halo meets Portal, which was a bunch of fun. Uh, They've been trying to do a push for some of their new patches and stuff, so that was a blast. But I also just love the RPGs in general, MMO RPGs. I played Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy. I played everything, but wow. I I tend to do this thing where I end up playing an entire genre, except for like the the biggest biggest one in the (laughs) genre, and I don't know how that happens. Interesting, interesting. you know, as as somebody who was a, an OG Overwatch fan, I haven't played the the new one at all. Can you give me your initial thoughts on it? Or I mean, how did you feel about it? Yeah, I actually one of my uh, friends, Lazis, was a massive Overwatch streamer, friends with Tim the Tatman and all that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Moon Moon, and oh, so I he those was guys. Yeah. yeah. So he was going back and he was playing it, and he described it more as a big Overwatch one patch. Then an entirely new game. Instead of 6v6, it's 5v5. You can have one tank instead of two. And they removed most of the crowd control from the game. So you don't just stand there and die. You're moving when you die, which makes it a little bit more dynamic. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Do you find that being 5v5 increases the pace of the game a lot more? or do you find- The pace of the game has increased a lot. A lot of people thought that the tank meta was very slow and boring and nothing would happen for yeah. elongated periods of time. Uh, But nowadays, you're going to find that one team pretty much gets wiped off the board and then gets to come back and you get to do your 5v5 again. A team gets wiped, you come back. It's good to know. I think I burnt myself out a little bit on Overwatch. and Maybe it's because of that that meta of it being really slow at times and just not being able to beat two Reinhardt or Reinhardt and uh, and, uh, whomever. But I'm excited to get back into it. It was a game I was really, really into at the time. Uh, So you have a nice very taste in games let's let's move to movies a little bit this is a, a dual podcast on movies and games what type of movies do you tend to find yourself gravitating towards are you like your gaming self do you like all genres are you a big rom-com guy you don't want to admit it like what, what do you i actually to? have seen quite a bit of rom-coms uh, okay, because okay. my wife happens to love them and i happen to love my wife and so those <laughs> kind of end up going hand in hand uh, I would say that I am a sucker for fantasy would be my number one. Lord of the Rings is one of my favorite movies of all times. I'm actually reading through the books right now because oh, reading with Tourette's is quite difficult. And oh. so it is kind of a struggle of mine. One of my great accomplishments in life is having read Game of Thrones. Ooh. I do not recommend it. It is forever. <laughs> <laughs> Every and page. forever with no ending, correct? And forever so. with no ending because there's only five books right now. Uh, <laughs> so you don't get to the end of it. And we've been waiting for the sixth book, I want to say, over a decade now. It's been over 10 I years, so. I think, since I feel the like last one came out. On Twitter, George, uh, George R.R. George R. R. Martin gave an update saying it's going to be coming. It's really long. Yeah, it's been it's any been day now for like six years. <laughs> okay all right so any genre uh well interestingly enough i sent you a list of movies i was like hey you know what do you want to talk about this is your episode what are you into 
and you chose the Hunger Games, which makes perfect sense. You're into battle royales right now. That's kind of your specialty. Hunger Games is a battle royale movie. Um, I'm curious, though, why the Hunger Games over any other piece of fantasy fiction? You mentioned you'd watched it recently. Any particular reason you watched it? Yeah, we had gone back to watch the Hunger Games very, very recently, like days before mm -hmm. uh, that you had asked. And we went back to watch it because I had seen all the movies, but not for a long time. And my wife had seen all of them except for the very last one. And oh. I was like, how are you going to watch everything but the, la the culmination the of everything that has happened? <laughs> She's like, I just never got around to it. So then, of course, we had to start at the beginning and go back through the whole thing and refresh all of our minds. And it has aged really well. It is still fantastic. The visual effects are fantastic. The storyline is horrifying. And yeah. I kind of don't understand how it got a PG-13 rating when it's literally a movie about kids killing each other. It is horrifying. It's terrible. the words out of my mouth perfectly. I completely agree with you because I rewatched the first and second one to prepare for this episode. And uh, yeah, I was, I forgot how violent it really is. It's I mean, that, hardcore. As soon as they're put into the games, I mean, they're just straight up murdering each other. And like you said, they're kids being murdered. It is uh, a pretty graphic. It's obviously not graphic because it's PG-13, but considering, you know, what we're watching, it was pretty surprising. Now, The Hunger Games was a phenomenon, made a lot of money when it came out. Do you have uh, any memory of it when it came out? Did you watch it in theaters when it came out? Like immediately? Had you you know, read the books or listened to audiobooks or anything like that. Did you have any knowledge when you first watched it? I did not have any knowledge of the Hunger Games when I was going into it. I did end up seeing all of them in theaters because it is okay. right up my alley because I love the kind of fantasy sci-fi genre. So that's typically where a lot of my interest is. And I remember watching the first one and being... I don't know if there's a way to expect. I had friends that had read Hunger Games all around me, and they were like, Yeah, you know, it's kind of this crazy movie about these kids that get thrown into a ring. And so I had like the kind of spark notes version of what was going to happen. But I think there's something different between having somebody tell you that, Oh, yeah, man, no, this is really like 15 year olds like stabbing each other with spears, and then watching a 15 year old just get like shot through by an arrow and just yeah. being like, that's, there he goes. And yeah. it's like, okay, we're really doing this right. It's not like, uh, okay, they're going to be fine. It's like, they've been eliminated. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> district 11, sad. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, we're getting yeah, right into it. Cannon goes off. It's a pretty, it's a big event when someone, you know, perishes in, yeah. the, in the games. Yes, that's definitely true. Kind of a, tangent but maybe not a tangent are you a big theater guy or do you are you a big movie theater guy do you find yourself going to movie theaters a lot to watch movies or are you more of a movies at home person i this is kind of a bougie answer but it's the right answer i like movie theaters more now that there's movie theaters where you can like reserve your seat and you don't have to show up 35 minutes beforehand yes. and you get like yes. a cozy recliner and you get the chill I can focus on the movie. And I don't have to worry about all of the hubbubaloo beforehand. Uh, so the answer is yes, but I would rather pay like an extra $2 to go to the fancier theater. Luckily, I live in Arkansas. So mm -hmm. movie theater tickets here are actually pretty cheap in general. They're like 11 bucks. Oh, and I nice. know that I get yelled at people on the coast that are like, it's like 20 plus dollars for me to go to the movies, man. So yeah, it's, a, it's an event. Luckily, there are now theaters with like subscription services where you pay X amount of dollars. So someone like me who goes five, six times a month, I can pay yep. $22 a month and see a everything for 20 yeah, that's great. Month, which is nice. Uh, 
Not a bougie answer. I will defend you to <laughs> the day I die. Uh, the advent of the internet and cell phones allowing us to reserve seats is so nice. It is so, so nice, nice to not wait in a line for 45 minutes to get a seat at the very front. I pick my seat. I walk in 10 minutes before. It's beautiful feeling. Exactly. So completely agree with you on that one. Uh, back to the Hunger Games. Do you have a specific film in the series that you like a lot? Is there, do you like one the most, two the most? I actually like them as they go along further. Uh, I'm a sucker for, I would say I'm a sucker for the beginning of giant epilogues and the very end of epilogues. Oh, Everything in the middle to me gets a little bit lost, but I love the feeling of when you're starting the journey and I love the culmination of the journey coming to the end. Uh, so the very first, I would say the first and fourth movie are probably my favorite just because oh. of that reason. Starting off the whole series of like watching Katniss as you know she's gonna go through and she's gonna become the Mockingjay and she's gonna save everybody. And then at the very end, just like watching everybody make their final heroic sacrifices at the last moment that you know her sister dying at the very, just moments, moments, moments before victory, her sister yes. dies. And it's just like, I don't know, just sweeps you right <laughs> under. This is a, that's a really good answer. You know, I, I think that I don't really think about that sometimes, but you make a good point that sometimes you can get lost in the middle, especially because it's, it's technically a four movie series, yes. not a three movie series. Um, but I completely agree. Sometimes you can forget the things in the middle, but you always remember the beginning and you definitely always remember the end. So that's a good point. Now, they've announced a prequel, which I guess just recently they announced like a date of 2024, I think. OK. Um, excitement for that. Would you be interested in watching that? Uh, I'm a giant lore nerd for any universe you want to put me in. I don't care <laughs> if it's Hunger Games or Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. If you okay. want to give me background lore, I am in. So if you want to go back in time and talk more about like formation of districts and all of that kind of stuff or like earlier Hunger Games, like earlier quarter quells in stuff, uh, I am 100% diving head in. I love down. lore. All right, that's good. In, you can book Incon a ticket in 2024. Yes, you can. He will be there. Perfect. Uh, no, it, it's it's natural to talk about the Hunger Games as a battle royale. Uh, there's a couple of the battle royale movies out there. There is the movie Battle Royale. I'm not sure if you've ever seen that or watched it. I have, and not for a long time. Yes. It has not aged as well, if I recall. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is the uh, the hard R version from Japan. Uh, that's, I guess, if you're looking for a more gruesome uh, take on the, the the trope, that's a good recommendation. Uh, but I'm curious, I like to always apply your video game knowledge with your movie knowledge. Okay. Apex Legends is a battle royale. Yep. If they were to make this a movie, I, I don't know too much about the lore of Apex. Is there a clear winner who wins out of the Apex characters? Or is there somebody who's like, this person wins? Ah, oh, that's a good point. They actually make fantastic trailers for Apex Legends when like they're coming out with new seasons and stuff. And so they've got some fun lore there with the characters and some are like some are in relationships and like brother and sister and all that stuff. Part of me would like to say that in a real situation, if it ended up indoors, Caustic just wins because he has a gas mask and nobody else does. And so your options are stay outside in the ring and get zapped to death or go inside and get gassed. And it's just like, you don't really have an option. So if it ends up indoors, I think just 
being immune to, yeah, Kostic just takes it. Okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. Hopefully we don't get any angry Apex fans writing letters in saying, actually in con, it's going to be this person winning, Valkyrie will win. Hey, Kostic did very well in pro gameplay too. So (laughs) the classic, the Valkyrie Gibby Kostic team was was a big, big play. Perfect, perfect. this actually just came to you right now because somebody recently asked me this and I wasn't even aware this was a thing. Maybe you don't either. But apparently, similar to the Twilight heydays where there was a Team Edward and, and Team Jacob. Okay. Uh, in the Hunger Games, there is a Team Peta and Team Gale. Oh, for uh, sure. Are you Team Peta or Team Gale? Do you have a, a, a preference on who Katniss should have been with? Yeah, I always lean towards Gale as a person. I, I think too. that I'm in, I think I'm inclined to like him, but later on in the movies he may or may not be responsible <laughs> for the death of uh, Cadmus's sister, kind of. So, kind of, sort of. I, yeah. uh, I, w- I would say that Peta is actually the better person, which is maybe a hot take, but I actually think that he's a better person in his heart, and that Gale is just more handsome. <laughs> okay, that that's a really good uh, answer because I was I kind of forgot that Gale had a not a major <laughs> hand in the death of uh, Prim. Uh, and I was on my own live on TikTok and someone asked yep. me that question. And I was like, oh, I think I'm Team Gale. And everybody erupted in the comments. <laughs> He's the one that caused Candace's sister's yeah. death. I was like, oh, okay. I'm sorry, yeah. everybody. I kind of forgot. Yeah. Uh, so I think up until that right point, answer. he's, you know, it's like he's <laughs> yeah. kind of like Team Gale. And then that happens like, oh, I think I got to kind of switch right now. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Good point. All right. Uh, we, we can probably talk about the Hunger Games all day. Let's let's take a quick ad break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some of your favorite movies that maybe aren't sci-fi or fantasy. So we'll be right back. Are you missing out on your favorite shows because it's not available in your region? Trying to keep your private time private? Well, let me introduce you to NordVPN. If you're bored of US Netflix, why not take a spin on the UK? Using NordVPN and at a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you. With 5,000 plus servers, no show is out of your reach. Make sure to use Incon's link in the description of the episode to get a great deal on NordVPN and support Incon's channel. All right, Incon, uh, we talked a lot about fantasy. You made it clear that uh, you're a big Lord of the Rings guy. Uh, I am. I'm forcing you to pick some movies outside of the fantasy realm. Yes. Any movies that you just love, you watch, every day, your, your top three, comfort, guilty pleasures, anything like that? Yeah, I like uh, like more historical movies oh, okay, as well. Cool. Um, Gladiator might go into the realm mm. of a little bit of fantasy in some genres, but it's one of my, it's you know a little bit more in like realism based. Yeah, I would um, say it's more I historical it. drama. That's, yeah. that's a good one. So I'm a huge fan of Gladiator. It might arguably be my favorite movie of all time. There's, oh, very nice. There's action. There's love. There's, uh, uh, there's there's revenge. There's there's so much good stuff in it. Uh, along that same lines, Glory. If you've never seen oh, Glory, yeah. Denzel Washington, uh, Morgan Freeman in a absolutely horrifying movie that is based off of real life. Um, everybody should watch it. If you didn't have to watch it in high school history class. Uh, then you should go watch it because it is a eye opener and it is yeah. also beautifully filmed and beautifully acted. Yeah, good. That's a good good ones. Uh, any comedy fan? Are you a big comedy guy? I find that I I like stand up comedy quite a bit, and I find that I'm kind of hard on comedy movies. Interesting. Um, 
I like the way that comedians get to use their body language and go about their storytelling because comedian storytelling is basically their version of movie lore. And so I like that aspect um, a little bit more than maybe like punchy gags and stuff like that that are end up in comedy movies. Mm -hmm. uh, but I am a fan of some comedy movies, uh, particularly some of the classics. My name actually comes from... Uh, Monty Python and the Life of Brian. Uh, when oh, he's okay. making fun of Biggest Dickus, he mentions that he has uh, a wife, Incontinentia Buttocks. Uh, so I shortened <laughs> that to Incon. So I love all of the Monty Python, Holy Grail, Flying yeah. Circus, all of their stuff. Uh, and also a big shout out to Airplane, which oh. is the best singular comedy movie of all time, in my opinion. Yes, yes. It's like you're reading my mind. I feel like I tell people very often. If I were to pick one comedy that I could watch every day for the rest of my life, it would probably be Airplane. Oh, it's so it's just, good. It's still so funny. Yes, yes. It hasn't aged a bit. It's still hilarious. Every line is quippy and smart. And and that's why I think I like it. It's not a like, I don't mind the comedies with a lot of gags and maybe forced comedic skits. But this one just feels like really smart. And it's always fresh and funny. So I'm a big Airplane fan. Uh, you mentioned stand-up. Uh did you check out Bo Burnham's Inside? Or if you did, how did sure you feel about did. it? Uh, terrible, as I think it was supposed to make us feel. Um, I also think that it's a really cool movie to talk about as well, because yeah. I actually think if you were to go watch it right now, if you had just heard about it right here on this podcast and you went to watch it, I think that it is probably 50% worse than it was the day that it came out. Because mm. it came out at such a specific time during the oh, pandemic when everybody was feeling that exact same way of where, like, at first the pandemic was fun. This is going to be where we all get to stay home for a week. It's like a staycation. And then everybody was like, oh, this isn't ending. And then it was like, oh, I know people that have it. And then it was like, oh, people in the hospital, people are dying. It got really serious really quick. And I think that when it came out and everybody was in this terrible mindset of like, Things are horrible and will it get any better? And then he comes out with this beautiful comedy that didn't avoid all the terrible things, but also just made you laugh and smile in a time where you know that he was living through the same thing. I just thought it was really beautiful. And he actually ended up winning a, uh, an a Oscar for it. I think, a, I think not he got Oscar. a, I think a, either a Grammy or an Emmy. One of those two. I, I think he might've gotten for, I, th I think it might have been an Oscar for his song. Uh, so I, I will say, as somebody who watches the Oscars every year, yeah. um, I don't. I wouldn't say I bet on it. I'm not going to say that. On it podcast, wasn't during but... the show. It was one of the ones that didn't make the show. I think. Oh, that, that could have been it. That could have been it. But uh, have you ever thought of uh, starting your own? Musical analysis, comedy analysis. That was really well said. I, that was, <laughs> you really captured exactly what that stand up was and how it affected people. I mean, exactly that. I really have nothing to add except <laughs> that as somebody who watched it, uh, I turned 30 maybe a few weeks before that. Okay. And um, there's that whole song about him turning 30 as yes, well. Yes, there is. Definitely resonated with me probably more than it, it should have, but I think you said it really well when it was, that if you were to watch it now, it probably doesn't have the same impact because you're right. When we all watched it, we were in that uh, that same mindset and it was a pretty 
surprisingly dark, but also really funny way of capturing how yeah. we all felt. Um, any, I don't know if you can remember any particular song that you liked the most off the off the album. I, I feel like I find myself singing parts of every song all the time. That's why. Yeah, the one song that always stuck to me the most was his song about the internet, a little bit of everything all uh, of the time, the inability to not one. put the phone down, to not stop consuming <laughs> content, to yeah. the inability to be bored for a moment. The worst thing that could happen to a person is to be bored. So pick up your phone and look at something, anything. Yes, yeah. I like that one a lot. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the Jeff Bezos song. That's a good one. <laughs> uh also a very big fan of, uh, I think it was White Woman's Instagram. That's the one yes. I always think about a lot, too. That one's a really funny one. I think uh, that's his uh, most, like, two-sided song on the whole song you're making fun of somebody. Pretty blatantly. Like, you're yeah. laughing at an entire group of people, and then you're immediately hit by a, oh, I'm the baddie. Like, yes. <laughs> like there, yes. that is a real person. <laughs> And then you're immediately back to laughing at them again. And yeah. it's just like, you, you can like feel yourself being like, oh, I, I get it now. I probably, I probably shouldn't have been judging. <laughs> That's a, it's a, the genius of the album is that there's a lot of that moment of like laughing, but then realizing that uh, maybe we should be judging people. Yeah, wow. Great analysis. Nice. That, that's wasn't expecting to talk about inside today, but I'm really <laughs> glad that we are because that was a, a real great uh, treat when it came out. Uh Switching gears, we talked about we've talked about fantasy and sci-fi a lot. Yep. If you had to pick three fantasy slash sci-fi movies that you love, that's not the Hunger Games. Is it too challenging if I say no Lord of the Rings or or could, you, can, or, you you can say no Lord of the Rings uh, because I've always got the Hobbit, so it's fine. So it's not a big deal. <laughs> so I can always cheat my way out of it. Um, sure. I also am a huge fan a fan of Harry Potter. I nice. was not originally a fan of Harry Potter. I would say it was not something that came naturally to me. But my Lord of the Rings is my wife's Harry Potter. Oh, uh, and so okay. she knows the books inside and out. She can tell you every fun fact, every professor of every school of wizard, all of it. <laughs> and so, and I being a sucker for lore, when I would watch the movies, I'd be able to go, so what does that actually mean? Or did that really happen in the books? Or can you give me the deep dive on that? And then there you go, a 30 minute tangent on whatever what was happening. So I would say the Harry Potters have grown to have a very special place in my heart on top of that. Perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Harry Potter fan in terms of the movies as well. I tend to gravitate towards the fourth one. Goblet of Fire is one of my favorite ones. I like Prisoner of Azkaban a lot. Are we the same lot. person right now? What is happening? We might be. We that might is be. also my favorite Harry Potter. Yeah, Goblet. I love yeah, Goblet. I can watch it's it. It's fantastic. I, part of me thinks it's because anytime there's like a tournament setting in any type of movie, I'm always, like, it doesn't even matter if the movie's bad. I'm just like already in. I'm addicted. Like I want to watch. I want to watch these fantastical competitions and see people lose and win and pretend that I could be in them. It plays out to me like the way that role-playing games are. It's like you can you watch your character going on their quest and embarking on their journey and they kind of level up and they're figuring out more things and they're going... I love the idea of the tournament and I love how it feels to watch. Uh, it's, it's so good. My wife's favorite is actually the third movie. Yes, yeah. And that one's the one that a lot of people tend to gravitate towards as the yep. best one. It's a little bit darker it and it's a little bit more darker. serious, but it, I also love that one. So it's a great pick. Uh, I give kudos to your wife for loving that one. <laughs> uh, did you check out Dune last year in terms of sci-fi? It was a pretty big movie. I don't know if you got a chance to watch Dune. I did watch Dune. Uh, okay. I watched through uh, part of 
I don't know. Being the worst is I like to watch through all of the Best Picture nominations uh, at the Oscars every year because I find that to be interesting to find whether a movie is what I call regular good or Oscar good. Um, And I try to make the distinction between them. And Dune is what I would call regular good. I was actually surprised that it was nominated for Best Picture because it didn't have that Oscar flair to it is what I would call it. Yeah, uh, something like Power of the Dog, which was, in my opinion, one of the worst movies I've ever watched. Wow. Uh, and the fact that it was the most nominated movie, I think, is an atrocity, although it didn't win anything except for maybe, I know one best director, and I think that might have been like that was the it. only thing that I really won. That was so, it, yeah. You know what? You get what you get. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, you're, you're entering my realm now. I, I do the same thing. I actually... I take it a step further because it's been my passion and what I do on social media as well as the movie stuff. And so yep. I watch everything that's nominated, including okay. shorts and animation. Uh, so I, I commend you for watching The Power of a Dog because <laughs> uh, you make a good point. There is a difference between maybe regular good and Oscar good. Uh, and Power of the Dog is maybe more for that group of yep. people. Uh, it's not a movie I would recommend to somebody on the streets. Hey, no. check out Power of the Dog. No. Uh, I, I would probably get yelled at a lot because uh, it's not everybody's t- uh, cup of tea for sure. It and Licorice Pizza were my bottom two. Oh, I've, okay. I've, okay. I've never seen a movie with less of a like cohesive story than Licorice Pizza, which kind of just jumped, and then there was waterbeds, and then there was like this really <laughs> weird relationship that was inappropriate between Very. like a 30-year-old and a 14-year-old, and it never really got brought up, and it was just glossed over, and I was like, really just, really doing this right now. This is... I don't know. This has got some weird Hollywood energy. <laughs> yeah, that was on my lower end of the the spectrum as well. I was wasn't the biggest fan of Licorice Pizza. I did uh, I did like Coda. I thought that was a really Coda fun was so good. It deserved everything I got. Yeah, I was I was happy to see it win. It was really a good moment uh, yep. for the win, and I was a big fan of that. So if you're listening to this and you're wondering which Oscar movie to check out, check out Coda. That was, Coda a, was a really great. good time. Highly recommend it. Uh, I, I bring up Dune mostly because I felt like Dune was a pretty polarizing movie last year, okay. mainly because, well, it was a part one and you get a lot of arguments yes. saying, well, I didn't like it because it never, nothing really happened. I'm curious to know if that's the way you felt. I enjoy long drawn out epics uh, okay. i'm a big fan i would say that i'm harder on movies than tv shows because in tv shows you might get 10 episodes that are all an hour long and so you just get to go into the world and the lore and the story and you get to do all the side things that maybe you don't have mm-hmm. enough time for to do in the movie format i didn't know really anything about dune going into it so i just kind of sat down and enjoyed the ride and got a little into the world and i just want to know it wasn't like my favorite movie of the year or anything but I do want to know more about the world. I want to see the characters develop and learn more about all of the different monsters that are kind of out there in the world yeah. and the powers that people have. Uh, I find that stuff to be very interesting to me as yeah. just kind of like a general nerd. I completely agree. I lo- I lo- actually liked it a lot. and But I'm on the same wavelength as you in the sense that I loved everything that I learned about the world. I just want more now. Yeah. I'm ready for a Dune Part 2. Give me more of the world, the people, the culture, the monsters. I want to know more. Yep. I want to just soak all of that in. The last one I'm going to bring up to you is Avatar, which came out 
feels That's like forever so funny. Ago. I almost just made fun of Avatar while you were talking about Dune, and I almost <laughs> said, "Hopefully, we get Dune two faster than we got Avatar two. That's insane. Oh uh, yeah, it's like we're in each other's minds right now. Uh, Avatar came out. Oh gosh, two thousand nine, I believe it came out. It's we're now past ten years. Avatar two is is finally it's on the horizon. At least we can say. The trailer yep. will be released in the next couple of weeks. I think in a week and a half it'll come out. Uh, curious to know if you saw Avatar 1, what do you think of it? And has it been too long for Avatar 2? I sure did see number one. Not as many times as my grandfather who saw it, I think, five times in oh, theaters. Man. have no idea why that was the movie that stuck with him, <laughs> of all things. Uh, I thought it was a solidly decent movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cool special effects. I don't really do 3D. Tourette's 3D doesn't really work together. Uh, So I didn't really do that aspect of it, which was supposed to be legendary and mind-breaking, but I never got to experience that. So I just did regular Avatar. It's cool. It was fine. I enjoyed all of the visuals and all the work they put into it. And I'm sure that water-themed Avatar will have awesome underwater content (laughs) to absorb through osmosis. (laughs) <laughs> and I bet it will probably be an okay storyline. Uh, okay. That's, again, I feel like I promise people listening right now, I'm not just like blindly agreeing with Incon here. This is actually <laughs> how I feel. Uh, I saw Avatar when it came out, and I felt whelmed, not underwhelmed, yeah. not overwhelmed. Just this was fine. It was good. It was entertaining. Uh 12 years later, 13 years later for a sequel is a little excessive, I would say. It's a long time. Um, it's a really long time. Um, I've seen some images here and there of uh, of Avatar 2. And yeah, yeah, I'm excited, but not like uh, frothing at the mouth, like ready to pounce on it. Excited, I will not know? be at the midnight showing. Will not be at the midnight showing for Avatar no. 2. I agree. I agree. So uh, I just thought it was interesting because it seems to be two camps or like the really passionate diehard fans who have been waiting 13 years, but it feels like most people are like kind of us. We'll watch yeah. it, but uh, yeah. we, we haven't I'll been see waiting. it for <laughs> sure. I'll probably see it once and then I'll be like, all right, Avatar 2, we did it. Awesome. Awesome. Any, any shout outs, any sci-fi movies that you feel like you want to just quickly mention that you love that uh, you think would be your followers to be surprised you like or anything like that? I don't know. I like kind of i would call them like teeny bopper sci-fi fantasy shows too like kind of like the cheesier kind of one-offs you get a season or two on like netflix or whatever and you get to just kind of go into the world uh there was one called the order which was kind of like in the world of like magic and it was like a like a like a coven and there was also some werewolves and it was so very okay Uh but i like just getting to jump into a world and be like yeah man this is gonna be fine and because it's a tv show i always feel like i can just not watch the next episode if i don't want to but once i start a movie i'm in i never turn off a movie like ever oh wow we are the same i never do that either right yeah i I never turn off a movie to the end I'm like, well, what if it really gets good in the last 10 minutes? (laughs) And I know that people would have said that about Power of the Dog if I didn't, and I disagree. It did not make the movie better. (laughs) It's been done before. It is Uh, copied. Uh, Are you a big Stranger Things guy? I do like Stranger Things. I have seen all of Stranger Things. I know that they've got another season coming out, and the Mm -hmm. dropping of the 
uh, Stranger Things trailer had absolutely nothing to do with their stock price plummeting 35% six hours beforehand. <laughs> Completely unrelated. Completely unrelated. Okay. Last question. Real last question. Uh, the date of this recording is May 4th. By the time people hear it, it's not May 4th. Yes. But we're recording on May 4th, which uh, May the 4th May be the 4th with be you. with you, indeed. Star Wars guy, yay, nay. And if you had to pick one Star Wars movie, or not even movie, TV show, what, did you have, do you have a favorite? I was not very knowledgeable on Star Wars, mm-hmm. but being a streamer, that seemed to not be the case. And so when Disney Plus came out, I watched through every single Star Wars movie. Dedication. And my favorite Star Wars movie, by far, not even close, was Rogue One. Oh, I think Con, that we it are is the same person. Such a special <laughs> movie. It seemed almost more hardcore than other ones, particularly the last like 30 minute sequence of that movie really like blew my mind. And yeah. then there's the epic sequence where you get Darth Vader for like, I guess would be like the first time basically that you would see him, where depending yeah. on like the timelines. But yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, I was. I was excited for you to say Rogue One, but I was like, I feel like people are not going to believe me. But yes, Rogue <laughs> One is definitely my favorite Star Wars project as well. And I will admit, though, when I first came out, I wasn't the biggest Rogue One fan. Okay. It took about two rewatches to really just fall in love with it. And I agree with you in the sense that that last 35 minutes is just pandemonium and edge your seat chaos. And then that Darth Vader scene is one of my favorite scenes with Darth Vader ever. It's um, so good. So glad that you were able to uh, to binge it all because it does feel like maybe being in streaming, you kind of have to be knowledgeable of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I want to know like the most popular of the fandoms and stuff so I can yeah. engage with the content. And especially like if there's like a new Star Wars game coming out or something, like I want to have background for it. And I also think it was fun to watch them. I did. I watched them all in the order that they were made. So I did it from the oldest all the way to the newest, including the off-brand ones like Han and all that kind of stuff. So I did Solo and all that. Um, And so just it was fun to get to watch through them. Solo, on the other hand, not that good in my Mm. opinion. So Not a fan (laughs) of Solo at all. And I watched it. I think I watched it right before Rogue One. I forget the exact order of time that came out. It's been about a year since I watched them all. But they Uh were pretty close together when I watched them. And so it was like, here's an off-branch movie. And I was like, woo, baby, this is, that is an (laughs) off-branch movie. You're right. And then I was like, oh, I got to watch another Uh, one. And then I was like, wow, that is so good. That's amazing. Yeah, I I feel the same way about Solo. I was not impressed by it. But Rogue One, I was impressed by. So. Uh, that's really funny that you have anything. I get it. You want to watch them to really engage with the fans because they are so popular in mainstream culture, yeah. even in gaming. So that makes perfect sense. Okay. Well, I probably, I feel like I can just keep going on and on and on <laughs> with you about basically everything. I always leave and end the episode with a question for my guests. And that is, if there is a video game out there, which video game do you think would you want to see translated to the big screen movie or TV series. Is there a game out there? You think this is so good. I think it would be great movie or show. I think that it's been done before, not necessarily specifically, but mm. in the universe, I think that anything in the D and D verse has so much potential. Mm. And outside of like, we had Vox Mahina recently, which was over on Amazon Prime, and they had their season one. And it was a lot of fun, and that's obviously uh, Matt Mercer and straight D and D from all of their tabletop sessions and stuff. Uh, so I think something like Baldur's Gate 
which is one of the like excellent most famous rpgs of all time and really known for all of the story and the choices and they're coming out Baldur's gate 3 with larian studios working on it right now it's in its beta stage um i think that you take a beautiful world like that and beautiful lore and all of the DD know-how and fighting and action and story and i think it could totally make for a great movie series, 10 episode, give me a Game of Thrones 10 episode long arc and Perfect. give me a season. Be awesome. Yeah, I, I I played Baldur's Gate when it first came out and yep. I was obsessed with it when I was a teenager, but I think that's a perfect choice, especially I think any almost fantasy RPG game, not all, but you know, Skyrim, Oblivion, Baldur's Gate, they all have that potential. It's always there. Well, we did get to see Witcher go from book to game to show. To, mo- to show. So yeah. we've seen the trade right there. We've seen it happen. Yeah. Boom, book, bam, bam, right along yeah. the line. And so we could totally see that with other games as well. And, you know, we just don't have to, you know, do like Chris Pratt Mario or something. You know, that would be like <laughs> a silly decision. So we won't do something like that. We'll do, yes, yeah. we'll do Geralt of Rivia and we'll get the perfect person to play him and it'll be fine. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> a great reference. I, I'm excited for that movie. Out of pure morbid curiosity. Oh yeah, it's, like, it's going to be like an emoji movie situation here. I know the world is waiting. I'm waiting for that trailer <laughs> teaser to drop so I can just watch it with everybody <laughs> in the world. All right, Incon. Well, I greatly appreciate you being here, talking about your creation, your community, and your gaming. We'll make sure to link your, your episode and your content in the description of the episode. Um, other than that. I guess uh, may the odds be ever in your favor for future Hunger Games or future Apex games. Of course. Um, make sure to follow Incon on social media and on Twitch. And of course, to follow The Nord Show on Spotify and YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Incon, again, thank you for being here. And I hope you have a great day. It was a ton of fun. Thank you for having me. Of course.